Hi there, and welcome to Totally His Running the Race, a show enabling young men and women who want to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Tim Harris, podcasting from EI School of Biblical Training in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for joining. This is episode six, which means that we are halfway through our series. And in today's episode, I have the privilege of sharing with you. Before we get into the episode, I'll just introduce myself, share a little bit about myself. I I came to EI um, as a student back in 2006 when I graduated from high school. And so I was here for the two years, went through the program here, graduated and moved on to college, went and got my bachelor's degree from college and uh, worked for a few months in a company here in Greenville. And then I came to serve at EI back in 2013. Uh, the following year, in 2014, uh, they let me teach a class, and then uh, they've just continued to, to allow me to teach different classes over the years, and so I've been teaching here since 2014. I married my beautiful wife, Sarah Beth, back in 2017, and the Lord has blessed us with two little kiddos. So that's a little bit about, about my life. Uh, In the last episode, Caleb Borsick talked about the importance of loving God and the fact that if we are going to love God, we need to stay connected to the source, who is God himself. So in order to love God, we have to look to him to enable us to love him. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to cultivate that relationship with God. The particular thing we're going to talk about is something you can do every day in order to deepen that relationship with the Lord. But before we get going, let's go ahead and commit our time to the Lord. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to think on these truths. pray that you would enable me as I share, enable those who are listening, that your spirit would be at work in hearts and lives that we might draw closer to you, that we might glorify you with our lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I believe that you want to know God. That's why you're listening to this podcast, right? It's incredible. Just stop and think about that, that you and I have the opportunity to know God. To know God in an intimate, personal, deep way. The uncreated one, as we heard about in episode one. What an incredible opportunity. Now, as I mentioned before, we're going to talk about one way that we can deepen that relationship. We can know God on a daily basis. And to guide our time, I I want us to work through these three questions. Here they are. One, where is the starting point in getting to know God on a daily basis? Two, what will help us to know God every day? And then three, what does getting to know God on a daily basis look like? So where is the starting point in getting to know God? What will help us to know God every day? What does getting to know God on a daily basis look like? Those are the three questions that are going to frame our our time together in this episode. So let's start with that first question. Again, here it is. Where is the starting point in getting to know God on a daily basis? 
Well, the foundation for what we're going to be talking about today is really this, that you and I were created to know and enjoy and glorify God. If you've been following this series, this, of course, is not the first time that you've heard this. Caleb Borsick talked about this. Art Nuremberg has talked about this. And it really goes back to Genesis, the first book of the Bible. We were told that we as humans, we were created in the image of God. And part of what that means, that we were created in the image of God, is that we were made to enjoy a relationship with God. You see, the animals were not created in the image of God. But we as humans have been, and so we've been given these capacities to know God. We've been given moral capacities. We've been given mental abilities, things that are very different than animals. Do they know right and wrong? I don't know. You can kind of train them to know right and wrong, but would you say they have a conscience? Um, what about, you know, they have ability to think, mental ability, but can they think about abstract ideas like patriotism? Um, can they, can they, empathize with with people that they don't even know that they that they read about well of course not and, and so in some sense we've we're so different than other created beings even though we are but we've been created in the image of god we we're social beings and, and so we have these capacities and why do we have these capacities well it's in order that we might be able to relate to God, that we could carry on a relationship with God. Here's another way to think about this. And, and these thoughts are not my own. These come from a very godly man by the name of Jerry White. He wrote a book, Fellowship with God, which I highly recommend. Uh, and this is what he talks about in his book. The fact that you and I, we enjoy good things. Don't you enjoy a really good, tasty meal? And think about what you like to eat. Don't you enjoy eating it? I mean, that's why we like to eat it. The other day, for Father's Day, my wife made an amazing meal and an amazing dessert. I enjoyed it. I enjoy eating good food. So we enjoy good things. Think of some other things. Some of you maybe enjoy listening to music. You you just like the sounds of, of certain um certain instruments, and you just, you enjoy it. It's good. Some of us maybe enjoy going outside and hiking. Uh, maybe some of you ha have had the experience of seeing a beautiful sunrise at the beach or a beautiful sunset, and we just enjoy these things. But why? Why do we enjoy them? It's because God has created us to enjoy good things. And, of course, the greatest good is God himself. We were made to enjoy him. Psalm 34, verse 8 says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. The psalmist here, he, he's encouraging us, just like we have an appetite for food, we have a, a spiritual appetite. And he's saying, taste and see spiritually that God is good. If you taste of the Lord spiritually, you're going to see that he is a good 
Lord. He's a good God. And you can know that. Think about Moses. Let's think about him for a bit. Okay, Moses had an incredible relationship with God. And at one point, he made some bold requests to the Lord. And this is found in, in Exodus 33 and, and 34. And, and Moses asked the Lord, I want to see you. Do you remember how God responded? He said a couple of things, and, uh, and we're, I'm just kind of paraphrasing this. It's not word for word. But you know, he basically says, look, Moses, I'm going to reveal myself. And he says this, I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. I think it's so interesting. He says, it's my goodness that I'm going to reveal to you, Moses. And he goes on to say, you can't see my face because to see my face, you would die. Uh, you can see part of me, but you can't see, see my face. And so what is it that God is willing to reveal to Moses? Well, again, he says, I'm going to reveal my goodness to you, Moses. So God is a good God, and we can enjoy him, and we can all enjoy him because he's made us in his image. So where's the starting point in getting to know God on a daily basis? It starts with this, that we were made to relate to God, to enjoy him, to know him, to glorify him. Now, before we move on, let me also say this, that none of us automatically have a relationship with God. We are not born into a relationship with God. The reason is that the image of God that we all as humans possess, every one of us, has been broken and marred. And it really goes back to our ancestors, Adam and Eve. They disobeyed God, and that disobedience broke and marred not only our relationship, but that image of, of God that we possess and it's still there, but it's, it's, again, it's broken and it's marred. And so here's the incredible thing, that God has chosen to restore that relationship and, and restore that image. And he's done it by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth. And Jesus, being fully God, chose to become fully man and to identify with us. And he lived on this earth for about 30 years, and he lived a normal life, but then he, he went into ministry, and after about three years, he went and he died on the cross for our sin and took on the penalty of our sin, and he shed his blood, and he didn't just stay dead, though. He rose again from the dead. All of this in order that you and I might have the opportunity to know God. And so our, our first response to this opportunity is that we would choose to trust in Jesus, that he has restored that relationship, he's paid the penalty for our wrongs against God, and we, we respond in trusting Jesus and then choosing to follow him in not our own way, not our own thinking. We don't choose life for ourselves anymore. Now, God didn't have to do this, but he chose to do it in order that we might be in a right relationship with him and enjoy him. 
And so this opportunity, God has, has done the work to make it possible. So we can know him and, and we can walk with him on a daily basis. So that leads us to a second question. What will help us to know God every day? I want you to think about a friendship that you have with someone else. Maybe it's your best friend at school, or maybe it's your best friend in your neighborhood, or just in your family. What makes your friendship so close? Why, why is that person considered your best friend? How do you keep on being friends with that person? Now, I know that's kind of strange to think about, to analyze our, our friendships and all. But, you know, there's certain things that characterize those really close friendships when, when we have someone that we consider our best friend. And there's a reason why that person is close to us. And there's a reason why you're not close to other people. You see, when we form friendships, it's because we build a special connection with the, the other person. And it takes time. Oftentimes, that's the case. It just you, You're doing life with this person, and over time, you just get really close. And then you start to share what's on your heart, and you open up to them, and they open up to you, and you develop this closeness that's there. And it deepens. You know, our relationship with God... It, it, it's similar. It takes time. and it, you, you have to invest in your relationship with the Lord in order for it to grow deeper and to become more intimate and, and to be closer to the Lord. I think some of us can be deceived into thinking that our relationship with God is going to grow without any effort, but that's not really true. One author that I was reading recently, he said something along these lines, uh, and said basically, look, if your relationship with God is not intimate, it's really your fault. Ouch, right? That kind of hurts, but it's true. God wants us to know him. He wants to reveal himself to us. He, he wants us to, to get deeper into our relationship with him. But it, it does take effort on our part. And just like any other kind of relationship and friendship, time is needed to develop and cultivate that relationship. So what's ideal is to set aside time every day in order to just be alone with the Lord. Now, of course, our relationship with God is so much more than just whatever, 30 minutes to an hour, whatever that might look like, one time a day. It, it's all day, every day that we're walking with God and, and we're relating things to him, but it's so important to have time set aside where it's just you and the Lord. Did you know that Jesus saw it as a priority to set aside time to be alone with his heavenly father? Let's take a moment to look at a day in the life of, of Jesus. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Mark chapter one. We're just going to go through this really briefly because it's a good number of verses, uh, so we're not really going to even read through it. We'll just read through read certain verses here as we go along um, and just kind of summarize. But start off by looking at, at verse uh, 21. Jesus is with his disciples. They go to this town called Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, it says that Jesus entered the synagogue 
and was teaching. Now, teaching uh, at times, you know, it can be very tiring and exhausting. You talk to anyone that's a teacher, uh, any any pastor, and, and there's just something about it that at times, not always the case, but at times it can really drain you. It, it drains you spiritually. It drains you emotionally because you're putting everything into what you're saying. And it can be a really exhausting experience. And here's Jesus teaching, really, really giving himself to teaching. And then guess what happens? It says in verse 23, and immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. So this man being oppressed by a demon. And, and as the story goes on, we see Jesus heals this man. So here he's pouring out into his teaching. Now he's dealing with this spiritual um, issue with this man being oppressed by a demon. He's pouring into this guy and freeing this guy, bringing deliverance to this guy. Well, following their time in the synagogue... Jesus goes to the house of Simon and Andrew. And it would seem like they're going to enjoy a meal. Maybe it's lunch, maybe it's dinner, I'm not exactly sure. But here he goes to this meal, maybe to have some downtime, but it's not at all what it's going to be. Jesus is going to continue to serve. Simon's mother-in-law is sick with a fever, and so he goes to her, he heals her, and it says she gets up and, and starts to serve. Well, that's not the end of it. In verse 32, it says that that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. So here you have the whole city now showing up and more needy people, people physically having needs, people spiritually oppressed by demons. And they're all bringing these to Jesus at sundown. So it's been a long day. And Jesus continues to serve. But notice now verse 35. And rising early in the morning, the next day, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. After having a long day, Jesus sleeps a few hours, gets up the next morning early in order to be alone with his father. I mentioned this experience because I, I want to encourage you. You see, Jesus saw time alone with the Father as important, as a priority. He knew he needed to get alone with the Father. And if it meant sacrificing sleep in order to get up early, he was going to do that. He saw it as a priority. And if Jesus saw his time alone with the Father as a priority, shouldn't we as well? So Jesus did this. He set aside this time. But that leads to another question. Let's say we decide to set aside time to be alone with, with the Lord. What does that look like? That's the next question we're going to answer. We've talked about where is the starting point in getting to know God on a daily basis. Talked about what will help us to know God every day. It's setting aside time in order to get to know him. But now let's talk about what does getting to know God on a daily basis look like? And, you know, are there any specific actions that are helpful? Well, this is where it would be nice if we could be here in person. 
and we could hear each other. Maybe you have some experiences you want to share of things you've done that have helped you. But I want to think back on Jesus' experience as was recorded in Mark chapter 1. Notice two things about that. One, he, he got alone with the Father. He didn't have his disciples around him. And then two, it was early in the morning. Now, I don't think that you have to absolutely have your time alone with the Father early in the morning like Jesus, because we read later, Jesus does the same thing later on in the day. And uh, so I can't, can't say for 100%, you know, you have to have it in the morning, but I would strongly recommend that. I think it's a good way to start, start your day whenever that is, um, just spending a few moments getting alone with the Lord. But what else should that time look like? Are there some other specifics? Well, again, it goes back to this is a relationship that we've been called to with God and cultivating that. And and think about any other friendship that you have. How does that friendship, how is it cultivated? Well, I, I think you can narrow it to primarily two things. First of all, you listen to that person. And the same is true of our relationship with God. We should be listening to him. And we do that by reading God's word. That's the primary way in which God has chosen to speak. It's through his word. And so when you open the word of God, it's God speaking to you. And of course, there's a lot that can be said as to like how to do that as far as where do you read and How long do you read? There's all kinds of reading plans. We don't have time to get into all that. But you should have in your time alone with the Lord some time where you're listening to him and you're allowing him to speak through his word. But here's the other thing that should characterize your time with the Lord. You listen, but then you talk. Just like, again, any relationship. You're listening, you're talking, you're spending time with them. Of course, we we call this, when we talk with, with God, We call it a special word. It's called prayer. Prayer is just honest communication with the Lord. And there's, again, there's a lot we could say about praying. Uh, The need to not just always be asking, but to worship and praise and be thankful. But there is a time when you're praying for other people and, and lifting up requests to God on their behalf. And then there's times when you're lifting up your own needs to God and asking him to work in different circumstances. So we could say a lot about that. Again, we just don't have time to to do that. But there should be an aspect in which you're communicating with God. But let me add one more thing about our time alone with the Lord. Remember, it's time alone with him. Sometimes I think we get too caught up in it just becoming something we do, something we check off at the beginning of the day, maybe at the end of the day, and we, we just do it. And sometimes it gets dry. We, we don't get a spiritual high from it, so to speak. But that's, that's okay. Because what we're doing is we're, we're just coming to the Lord and getting alone with him. We don't have to be so self-focused in this time. We can just enjoy being with him and enjoy the fact that he, get, he delights in being with us. So wrapping things up, we first looked at the fact that we've been created by God in his image, given the capacities in order to know him, enjoy him, glorify him. 
And it's really a basis for what we've said after that. We enter into a relationship by trusting in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, choosing to follow him, not ourselves. And we then talked about how do we cultivate this relationship? Well, it it takes time, and specifically time alone with the Lord. And what does that time alone with the Lord look like? Well, talking with him and listening to him. Now, for some of you, maybe this has been a review. You've heard all this before, and I, I trust that you are already doing this, setting aside times to be alone with the Lord. Let me encourage you with this last uh, word, a, a verse from Psalm 910, which says, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Be encouraged. As you seek the Lord, he won't forsake us. If this is something that's completely new and you want to find out more information, let me recommend a couple of actions. One, I'd recommend reading a book about other aspects and some specifics about spending time alone with the Lord. As I mentioned it earlier, uh, Fellowship with God by Jerry White is an excellent book. Uh, Another good book is Those Who Wait Upon the Lord by Dan Johnson, who's one of the teachers here at the school. Uh, Both of these books I highly recommend. You can go to our website, eibibleschool.org, and uh, and get a book, um, a copy of the book from from there. The other action that you could do is you could email me, timharris at eibibleschool.org. That's timharris at eibibleschool.org. And uh, and we can talk some more and do some emailing back and forth if you want to know more about what it means to set aside time to seek after the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and close our time in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for how you have made it possible for us to be able to know you and enjoy you. Father, I pray that you would stir our hearts, that we would have a continued desire and a passion for you. Keep us, Father, from being distracted by lesser things. Meet us to invest in our relationship with you. I thank you for your willingness to always be there for us, to reveal yourself to us. So we praise you for being such a wonderful God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Totally His Running the Race. I trust you are encouraged as you seek to grow in your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to listen to more messages that will be an encouragement in your walk with the Lord, go to the school's website, www.eibibleschool.org, and click on the Resources tab that's at the top of the page, and then you can select the audio library in the drop-down. Training students to develop a passionate relationship with Jesus Christ that expresses itself in a life devoted to the advancement of God's kingdom is why EI School of Biblical Training exists. We offer a two-year unaccredited associate's degree where students attend classes, hear the Word of God taught, study the Word, and are encouraged to develop their relationship with the Lord. Our classes are designed to be both intellectually challenging and heart-searching. Some stay on for a third year and work towards getting a bachelor's degree. If you'd like to find out more about the school, visit our website, www.eibibleschool.org. 
Again, that's www.eibibleschool.org.